Hi, you are listening to Take the Elevator this Monday, and I am your co-host, Jen the Builder. And I am your co-host, Corey. And we're excited. It's January 4th. We are in season two, and we've decided to add a second episode every week. Absolutely. Now, let's pause real quick. Let me ask you a question, Jen. I don't believe you've ever given the audience an opportunity to understand how you came up with Jen the Builder. Can you please describe that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So Jen is my nickname, short for Genevieve. And the builder just kind of came into play with the things that I do. So uh, my career is a learning and development manager, and I love team building. Like I'm so passionate and crazy over team building. Other things I do are building on creative concepts and just seeing things and piecing them together. And so we've carried that name on to our podcast because we get to build stories and build people up. Yeah. And we all know that there is no I in the word team. However, there is an I in the word win. Which do you prefer, a winning team or just a team? Winning. (laughs) Is that bad? No. I don't think there's anything wrong. I'm grateful that I have a winning team. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, our our team is doing the whole I am statement this this year. Yeah, and that's going to be powerful. And if you're out there listening and you want to be a part of that, please join us on the website. And tell us what you are. Can you give a little detail on that? Yeah. So, for example, the whole team, we're about 22 strong. Um, And that's just one part of learning and development. Altogether, we're about 50. So we're hashtagging I am team. And each individual team member has affirmations or statements that are currently true and they want to be stronger in or maybe it hasn't happened yet. So, like, for me... My hashtag is I am a role model and ambassador for health. And I am humbled every day. There you go. So that's why Jen the Builder. Thanks for, no, I I wasn't expecting that question. I know. (laughs) All right. So I looked some stuff up. And so for this Monday, actually today is trivial day. Tomorrow is a day uh, for birds. So I thought I'd combine the two. This is the building. Sometimes it's a little crazy. So I wanted to ask you a trivia question. Okay. My favorite bird is the hummingbird. Is that? That's a bird. Yeah. But is that hard to believe that it would be a hummingbird? I don't even think you know that about me. That's a beautiful bird. Isn't it? Okay. I don't get to tell you mine. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Please tell me yours. My favorite bird is the crow. Really? Yes. They scare me. I love them. <laughs> I just my and sometimes bird. they're like the real big ones, the huge ones. Yes. yes. I never knew that. Mm. I just learned something. So did I. All right. So, well, the questions about hummingbirds. I wish maybe you have a question for me about crows. But hummingbirds feed how many times a day? So every blank minutes hummingbirds feed. Wow. I'm gonna say it's pretty high because I know that. The bird itself has the fastest metabolism in all the um, animal kingdom mm-hmm. because of the activity that they do yeah. in flight. So I'm going to say every three to five minutes. Wow. Um, it's actually every 10, but your rationale was right on. Okay. So that's why when people have hummingbirds, I know I, we have friends who have hummingbirds, feeders, that is. Mm-hmm. So it's such a delight when the hummingbirds keep coming back, and that's because they feed every 10 minutes. Yeah. Awesome. You have any trivial information about crows? No, but uh, now that I know <laughs> what this is about, because I had no idea that we were going to go into trivia, I will definitely drop some trivia bombs. 
Well, we're going into trivia today because today is Trivial Day. Gotcha. Right. Before we take a quick break, Corey, I'm going to ask you because it's 2021. Hope everyone, by the way, had a very happy new year and a safe one at that. Do you have anything on your list for this year that's something new, new to you? Something new to me. No, you know, honestly, and, and I'm glad you asked that because... I honestly believe in finishing what I've started, even though I started it in the prior year, mm-hmm. I want to finish. And so there are a few things that I want to finish before I start anything else, but I haven't come up with an idea to start too many more new things. We got a lot on our plate, Jen, you know, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah. so, it, it would be strange to add more to what we're attempting to do. Oh, well, I, I'm attempting to add a few things, but they're like, small. Okay. So one of them is I want to try water. What is it? Water paints. Mm-hmm. I bought my first set. I, you know, I journal and I, I've seen people who color their page with watercolor, so I, water paints. So I thought I'll try that. Oh, that's more like an addition. That's not too much new. You're, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So an addition. Another one is adding Word Genius to my daily incoming email. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love that. Love that. So I I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I have a routine that I'm trying to finalize and make work for me uh, for my day because, like you said, we do have a lot. But I myself like adding a couple of small things just because it keeps me learning. And and Word Genius is going to do that for me. Yeah, I have that app myself. We're not app, but I have that email coming in every day. And it's very challenging on one hand because you have to learn the word. You have to learn the context of the word. Mm -hmm. And then you have to learn how to spell it and use it and implement it into your everyday conversation. Right. And that's the thing, too. When I learn a new word, I will use it as many times as I can throughout the day. So it sticks. There you go. All right, so in honor of the birds, I did want to read a quick insert on hummingbirds. It says, legends say that hummingbirds float free of time, carrying our hopes for love, joy, and celebration. The hummingbird's delicate grace reminds us that life is rich, beauty is everywhere, every personal connection has meaning, and that laughter is life's sweetest creation. Every day. So, Corey, we are including some current affairs or things that are going on. Um, It almost feels like a news broadcast, like this Monday on Take the Elevator, right? (laughs) But we're not. You do that well. Did I? Yeah. (laughs) I won't do it again. You know, usually when you tell me I do things well, I'll I'll, like do it right away. Right. Right after. I won't do that. We had read some articles, and one of the articles was about salvaging people, how hospitals are having to salvage who gets treated and who doesn't. Right. How did that make you feel when you just even read the heading of that article? So I'm going to tell you the first feeling that I had. I happen to have a loved one who's very dear to me that is going through a recovery process in um, the hospital right now as we speak. I felt very hurt and wounded because I thought, wow, if that process had happened with her, mm-hmm. we might not have this woman in our lives. And, and for those of you who don't know, it's my mom. And she wasn't living reckless. 
She wasn't partying. She wasn't not social distancing. She was indoors and taking care of her husband and like he was taking care of her. She did venture out to go to a doctor's appointment to have some work done and return home and got sick. Mm -hmm. So I felt some kind of way when I first read that, but I didn't know the triage portion of the medical field. Okay. Never heard of triage in that format. So once that was explained to me, I definitely understand the rationale. However, I don't know if I'm on board completely yet. That's a lot to think about when you say, you know what, my mom could just be not here anymore because of her existence. Well, too, Corey, I I want if I'm wrong, please correct me. But I believe mom did go seek medical attention in the ER and they told her go home. It's part of, you know, COVID. And then she ended up going back and they had to admit her. True. And so what happened though, I remember is us talking to her, especially you and saying, you got to go, you got to go. And she said, they're not going to do anything with me. They're not going to admit me because of what happened the first time. So it, it lengthened her time at home. I mean, we're grateful for the healthcare workers that are taking care of her. Like, absolutely, hands down, we're proud that and happy that every day there's slight improvements. So I posted something on Facebook, just wanted to get the temperature of what's going on out there with everybody. And everyone responded so respectfully because the question really wasn't, it was very neutral the way it was asked. And here's what I asked, reading about hospitals, about how hospitals are determining who is salvageable and turning those who are not deemed as such away. What are your thoughts on this? Overall consensus, because there are so many responses, is of course there was a lot of grace and mercy for healthcare workers and the fact that hospitals are overcrowded. And what do you do with that? I mean, if you don't have any beds, how can you help? I've worked in case management and I know what can be done and that's calling other hospitals to see if they have beds and if they don't have beds, then what do you do? When you first told me about the article, as a nurse, obviously I know about triage and here's here's the concept of triage though. You have assignments of degrees of urgency for wounds or illnesses, right, that decide the order of a treatment, especially of a large group of patients or um, casualties. When you use the word salvage, though, it I was like, salvage is in a car title? Yeah. You know, that has nothing to do with the human aspect of a life at all. Right. And I'm just going to go out on the limb and say yeah. that this particular writer may have made a slight mistake by using that terminology. Yeah. yeah. And yes, when I read it, I felt some kind of way thinking you chose salvage as mm-hmm. the word for a human life. But again, nobody's perfect and, right. and we all make mistakes. Right. And I'm sure if I felt that way, many, many, many more people felt the same way. So I'm sure that they've heard, you know, some pretty harsh comments about that particular word that they, they chose to use. Yeah, absolutely. Overall though. Yes, we agree. Thank you to the healthcare workers. And then we have to remember too the sensitivity of people You know, I think I may not have translated it that way so quickly if our mom was not in the hospital right now. Right. Who was literally fighting for her life. Yes. And continues that. And I mean, it's just a sad situation, right? She's been in for over three weeks. We have not seen her. 
How has it been, Corey? I know you communicate with her. Well, it's tough. Um, right now, she's uh, not able to speak because of tubes in her throat, but she can listen to the conversation that I'm attempting to have with her. The next best thing is that, you know, she was vented and was not conscious uh, and able to, you know, respond or take commands. And now she's not in that state anymore. So it's it's on the brighter side of the ailment, but it's real tough. And you got to ask yourself some really tough questions during this time. And I didn't want to ask those questions. I didn't want to answer those questions, but I, I found myself doing it. And it just it brought reality to me very quickly. Very in your face. It was surreal and, of course, real at the same time. And I remember in March when all this happened, I just was sad and I cried and I couldn't stop crying because I kept thinking, how does this look like months later? And are we going to be affected? Is it is it going to be someone we know? Is it going to be us, you know? So the messaging for me, Corey, after reading the posts was that we continue to remember that we're human, you know, and yeah, it frustrates people when people don't listen to what's being put out there as far as social distancing, using their masks and things like that. Absolutely understand that that's important. But I would just really encourage us to have graces, and to use wisdom, right? Like be smart about how you're living right now and what we're doing. True. I would love to jump on that wagon and ride along with you. However, you know, I'm just not from that school of thought. Yeah. I know for a fact that there is no amount of careful that you can be. There is no amount of safe that you can be. You may think you're being absolutely positively the most safest person on there. You wash your hands. You... Uh, wear a mask, you don't go out, you socially distance, and you make sure that you don't leave the house unless you have to. And then you order groceries from the grocery store and they bring the bags to your door and you grab the bags and you bring them inside and you wipe your face and man, you're sick. And so I'm not saying to be reckless and I'm not saying to go out and do whatever you want to do, but I'm just saying you you just got to live. And it's important to live because if you just run around here isolating yourself to the point to where you don't even eat, you don't drink, you don't, you know, take care of your everyday life. What happens? What are we doing? We have to be able to understand that people are going to simply live. Good point. When we had our first episode in season one, ironically, do you remember what it was about? Yes. All lives matter. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the message today. Exact same message. It hasn't changed. No. Every day, elevate. Every day, elevate. Every day. So we're adding something new to take the elevator this Monday's sessions. And we're adding what we call our PS, our postscript. So when you guys get a letter, there's a PS and it's like your afterthought or it's, oh, hey, by the way, I forgot to mention this or just want you to know I love you. That kind of thing. Right. Yeah. I like those PS um, notes at the end of the letter. Same. So after we recorded the episode, there were some moments of PS. And so the first one for me, Corey, was I blindsided you with the hummingbird. True. (laughs) That was was a bit of a, huh, what's going on right now? Right, right. And so I did a little studying on the crow. 
And I was like, why does my husband like the crow? Because here in Western civilization, crows are scary. It's linked to death. It's linked to anything bad or evil. Mm. Right? But after researching it, the crow actually is the second smartest bird. Do you know what the first smartest bird would be? I do. And it would be the parrot. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, they talk and. Yeah. All kind of. All sorts of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So the crow has the second biggest brain in the bird uh, kingdom. And it's also known as. The ape of the birds. Yeah. Yeah. A feathered ape. Because it's brain capacity and intelligence level. Yeah. So there were so many other things I learned, but the standout for me was this. If you ever mistreat a crow, it will remember your face. For the rest of its life. Yes, for the rest of its life. And crows are very social animals, and they usually are in pairs throughout their whole lives. Their lifespan is about seven years. So if you do something wrong to a crow, the crow automatically tells its partner, its neighbors, its friends. And even its offspring. Yeah. And so when any of them see your face, they become aggressive and you'll hear them get louder. Insane. Yeah. And the one more thing that really kind of took me to a a place of understanding that this bird is a very intelligent bird is that uh, when a crow dies, Mm -hmm. the, the neighbors typically have a funeral for it. Yeah, that is so true. And they migrate to where the bird is dead. They don't touch the bird, but they look around to see what caused the death. And they remember this, there might be danger here. Mm. I didn't read that part, but nice. Yeah. That is incredible. I, I am so glad that I like that bird. Yeah. So I have a newfound respect for crows and I'm glad to say that crows don't get aggressive around me. But I have heard them go off, you know, in certain areas. And I'm wondering, maybe they saw someone that mistreated them. Yeah, something triggered them. Something definitely triggered them. So another PS, uh, and I wish we had started the episode with this because, you know, I love when people get married and the whole proposal thing. And so I have a couple of friends that got engaged on December 25th. Nice. And so congratulations to Jackie. Uh, Jackie, I've known her since I was a teenager. She was actually the worship team leader for our youth group. Very talented on the guitar and singing and just a big heart. Always has been that person. So congratulations, Jackie. Congratulations, Jackie. And then, of course, my best friend, Irene. Irene. (laughs) Irene got engaged and the proposal is on Facebook. And it's so sweet, Corey. Did you see it? I did. I didn't know what I was looking at, though. (laughs) So Irene's dressed up like um, the person who's giving away the presents by the tree. And she opens up a present and it's a piece of paper that says, go outside and look in the driveway. And she's like, oh, my goodness, is it a car? So she walks outside. She opens the door up. There's nothing there. And when she turns back into the house there, you see Adam on his knee. And he says, Irene, will you marry me? Nice. And she just looked at him. And, of course, she lit up and she looked outside because she started crying, visibly crying. So I'm so happy for her. Yes. And that is a a breath of fresh air in a climate that is 
um, not so refreshing right now. Mm. It's just nice to know that people are still falling in love and still believing in love and, and believing in it enough to get married and have that kind of relationship. Right. Full of love. Yeah, absolutely. And commitment. Um, so I also wanted to introduce to everyone what January is about. So on Wednesdays, we're picking up as normal. And so the theme for the podcast on Wednesdays is let's start with self-love. Yes. It's a beautiful place to start. It's where we should start. One of my favorite subjects. Yes, it is. How to love yourself. Absolutely. How to love yourself. And if you have issues with loving yourself, we're going to share some really good pointers on how to manifest that. In fact, I posted a question on Facebook. So if you're my friend on Facebook, I'd still love to hear from you. Um, And the question just was, what do you add in your day or what do you do that promotes physical and or spiritual well-being and healing? Um, So this morning you made me an awesome green tea, which is great for my inflammation. And You've started me on this amazing change in how I'm eating, uh, very focused on anti-inflammatory. Yes, absolutely. Um, The one thing that I'm really encouraged about is, especially in this month, being uh, how to love self or having self-love, is that once you get that down pat, once you understand how to love yourself, you understand how to love others. You can't give any kind of love to someone else if you don't love yourself. It's impossible. The understanding of loving you creates a better understanding on how to love someone else. So key in life. And that key is going to open and unlock a lot of things in our lives. True. Indeed. So our last PS to you guys is thanks for being here. And remember to look up and let's elevate. Every day. Every day.